0: Welcome to the Defining Leaders podcast. Defining Leaders was founded by the idea that together is better. We started as a virtual community that worked together to help develop and lift each other up, helping to boost one another's careers and make work a better place to be. We wanted to grow that community, so we decided to bring it here. I'm your host, Kristen Gupta, the connector of people. And this is Defining Leaders, where together is better. So the topic of virtual leadership, this topic came up from one of our board members, Sandy Cleveland, and Sandy has joined us today and so has Peter Sippen. Sandy, do you want to make a brief introduction? As I mentioned to you earlier, you've been such a great influence in my life, and I think you can be a great influence in others. So I'm so excited to have you join us for this topic today. And then Peter, I'll have you introduce yourself afterwards for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Sandy.
1: Sure. Sure. Thank you for having me. I'm Sandy Cleveland, and I'm a higher education leader and innovator. And I've worked more than I care to say, uh, let's just put it as a long time, in non-traditional education, which is working professionals going back to school to either upscale themselves or complete an undergraduate degree. And much of that involved accelerated learning as well as online learning. So how do you engage students? How do you train the faculty? How do you make it worthwhile and you accomplish your outcomes. I'm very familiar with all of that and transitioning that to the world of work. So that's awesome. Sandy,
0: we're so excited to hear your insights on virtual leadership today. And another one of my circle of influence, Peter Stippen, recent to my network, but an outstanding addition to it. Peter, can you make a great... uh, great. Of
2: course, it's going to be great. <laughs> <Talk> to <our laughs> I'll just say too. that. Thank you also uh, for having me, Kristen. Uh, my name is Peter Stippen. I've been um, involved as a lifelong goal, learning leadership and aspects of leadership, not only improving others, but improving my own. And I learned so much from the people that I work with, including yourself, Sandra, others on this team and the board of directors of defining leaders has really helped me grow. So i um, just here to help and Listen, learn, lead, and with love. That's the, uh, the four L's of leadership, I'll just say.
0: Oh, I love that, Peter. So today, Defining Leaders membership session, we talked about virtual leadership and how much this has changed how we lead our teams and how much this has changed our businesses. So we opened up with some of the challenges that we're facing when we move to a virtual platform. I just have to start by saying, Finally, I put out a LinkedIn post about this earlier today, but finally, do we see an environment where we recognize that people don't have to be sitting in their seats in an office to get work done and that we can have people doing things all across the globe? In fact, some of our companies have started employing people in India or in Mexico or all over the place where they never thought that was possible before. And there are silver linings to this terrible pandemic that we just went through. And I think that this is one of them. But that's not to say that there haven't been challenges that have come up with changing over to more of a virtual platform. A lot of our companies are moving hybrid. Many of our companies have moved fully virtual. And then other companies are struggling, especially in recruitment right now, because they don't know how or some of them are manufacturing and you've got to be there to get the work done. But today we really focused on mastering this. It's a long road though, as we had talked about. What are some of the issues that you think we face when we move into a virtual platform, especially now that we've been there for a little while? What are some of the issues we're facing?
1: I think one of the uh, first issue is the setting up how we're going to do virtual or hybrid and creating a list of either resources or training materials so that everyone comes on to the same page and can be effective in becoming either virtual or you had to be virtual for a year and now you're coming back and you want to implement something that's hybrid. That nuance between 100% face-to-face at the organization, then going to virtual and now let's do something in between. There are nuances between all three of those that we have to be aware of. Um, For instance, the level of engagement. Um, that's different in all three areas. So that would be one of the challenges. And then that relates to training as well.
0: I agree, Sandy. Ensuring that everyone's on the same page, especially when we're onboarding new people at this time, with people that had been in the office, sometimes for years, sometimes for decades, and ensuring that they feel like a cohesive whole is certainly a challenge. Also, just the things that are needed to work in a virtual environment and providing the tools that they need for that, I think is really significant as well.
1: And I just I just want to add, based on what Peter said um, in his intro, his four L's, the listen, learn, lead, and love. If anyone were to apply that in any one of those scenarios, whether it's face-to-face, virtual, or hybrid, you're going to be a, a superstar because oh, that's the that. foundation. It's the foundation of all of it.
0: I love that, Sandy. I agree. All right, Peter, what are some issues that you think some of our leaders might be facing when moving into a virtual environment?
2: Well, I think um, in the non-virtual environment, it was easy to talk and get a visual and look, we're already moving our hands and we're next to each other. And there's always these little side conversations. Uh, One of the things I noticed that with my executives, we'd have a big meeting and then when it was over, if they leave, they get to the door and all of a sudden they'd turn and they'd go, Hey, one more thing. And that was the thing we all wrote down because that was the thing, the burning, the burning issue that was, I think in their head that they wanted to say, but in the virtual meetings, it, it doesn't happen that way anymore. So how do we build trust? And when we're together, it seems like the quickest way to build trust is solving problems together. Can we solve problems efficiently, effectively with a virtual team? And, solving problems, then building the trust. You can have that uh, going forward. Uh, That's, I think, it's most difficult in virtual environment is uh, especially with new teams, new management, new leadership, building trust on a virtual environment. How can this person trust me that's never met me except on screen? So that's just one point I wanted to bring up.
0: Peter, one thing that came up a lot from our conversation earlier today was the idea of connection. How do you connect when you don't have water cooler conversations, when you don't have the five minutes between meetings to talk about how did the meeting go? Yes. But also your family, how are things going with this or catching up on things? We're moving from meeting to meeting without that five minutes in between, and which has really caused some rifts in that connection. Why do you think this is a great resignation for many people? It's because they no longer feel connected to their colleagues
2: as well. We were connected with a smaller group always. And now virtually, exponentially, the amount of people we're communicating with or the three screens example today by Jeremy, right? I mean, you have three screens on your, and you're you're in a virtual meeting, you have a, a project plan you're working on, and then you have these JIRA notes or some people are messaging you all the time saying, what about this and this and this? And you're trying to like, Multitasking can burn you out. And we knew that when we were non-virtual and now virtually, it's just been enormously increased. So how can we, you know, make sure as leaders we help our team understand that multitasking probably is not the way to do it going forward. But and
0: and speaking of burnout too, Peter, we don't have the bookends of you get to the office and you leave the office.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Whoever leave your work. So many our people are working all hours of the day and night now too.
2: Right.
1: One of the things that you said, Peter, about trust and then the engagement, as leaders, we all have our comfort zone as leaders. And so when we're face-to-face and together, we know what those are and probably a little more susceptible to jumping out of that comfort zone. But now virtually, moving into something different to develop that trust, to create that engagement, we're, we're kind of at a loss ourselves. So we're learning as we're going. So jumping out of that comfort zone to elicit a different strength or something that we're weaker in to create that engagement, to develop that trust is a challenge for us. So and I'm going to go back to what you said. Love yourself as well as love your employees and give a little grace through all of this. And modeling that can help employees develop
2: and build trust with each other and reciprocate, I think. Um yeah, it's, it's 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 harder to yeah. follow your own advice now, virtually, I think too. So yeah. I, as you said, Sandy. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: you're right, you Sandy. so we don't have modeling to follow at this point. There is no path laid before us of those that have done it and found success. And now let's learn from them. We're laying that path at this point because everything we're doing is different. So one of the points that was made earlier in the conversation. Uh, One of our attendees talked about how when we went home because of the pandemic last March, we really took what we were doing in the office and we plumped it into a virtual setting, but that's just not going to work. It's not maintainable for our future. So this is, I think, the issue that a lot of our employers are facing is how do we change the nature of how we work to now meet this new way of doing things? without overwhelming our people so
2: that we can connect. Connect and separate. Maybe, yeah. maybe we can talk about that. My father-in-law, phenomenal leader in his industry, he used to say, we work hard and we play hard. Well, his play hard was totally separated from his work hard. <laughs> and now that separation isn't really there. So even one of the, also another one of the comments from our previous meeting, they were talking about setting up a meeting right before Thanksgiving to have a, a nice party for everybody, but it's, you're still online. You're still, part, you know, you're still participating in something that another term today was virtual fatigue from Jeremy. Video I mean, fatigue. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kristen. So these are things we all have to understand. And as leader work ours and, and ask others for their input on what they believe we can do to help solve some of these things to be as productive or more productive as possible. Because a lot of people are thinking that this virtual time space, is we've been more productive. I think so.
1: So let's do for... Oh, go ahead, Sandy. I was just going to say, I do think we have been more productive, but there are conflicting reports out there that some say we're not. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe the increased productivity is because we don't... Our office is where we live now. And so we can walk past it and we can check that email really quickly and be that much more responsive. Um, so who knows? We're still really early in this process to know whether it is good, bad, or different. It's It just is right now. So, right.
0: so we're not going to solve the world's problems today. We're not going to give you like a perfect in-the-box solution of if you do this, you will succeed in a virtual environment. We did talk a little bit about some nuggets of what is going well in businesses today. Can you guys tell us a little bit about some things that really stuck up to you of what's working well now? So
1: maybe we can learn from those. One of the things that when our group, our small group was talking, in if you're in a conference room and you're around a, a big table or uh, whatever... You can't see on your peripheral vision if someone is getting what you're talking about, what you're saying. Um, you can't see their reaction of, oh, it's aha moment, or if they look confused, whether you should engage them in the conversation. In many of the virtual platforms, whatever it is that you use, um, whether it's Slack and their video camera or Zoom or Microsoft Teams, you can see the faces of the individuals and you can, you know, I know I'm very expressive and many people are. And there are some that are just stone-faced all the time. But you can pick up on their excitement on something or if they have something to say or, no, they have that look in their face like, I'm not getting this. So you can have a, potentially, if you're uh, aware of it or you're intentional about watching for it, you can have a deeper conversation. So I think that's going well, I think. Um, that's yeah. going well. And it's a positive for us moving forward. If we help to
0: get people to see mm-hmm. it, we can mm-hmm. help them engage with their audience a little bit better because you can see everybody's faces on that platform instead of having to continuously scan the room and probably miss something that could be important too. Peter, how
2: about you? I, oh, eye I contact, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you said. Uh, yeah, because um, what, there's, a, there's a gallery view. Let's say you have 50 people that you have these little pictures. Or you have the speaker view. And to me, if I'm going to be focused in on a meeting, a virtual meeting, if I put the speaker view, I'm looking right at that person. And to me, if I didn't do that, and sometimes someone will cough and their screen will come up, but I, the speaker view to me actually is better to comprehend what's going on, understand what they're trying to say. So we can actually then lead once we understand what, what, what their what message is. So I think that's going well. Uh, I'd like to maybe take a poll as who uses the speaker view versus the gallery view. Um, I bet a lot of people use the gallery view because they have two other screens going on. <laughs> Interesting question.
0: <laughs> so I heard a lot of great things on what we're doing moving forward and that overall, we all really like the ability to have something more hybrid. One of the things that I've certainly found is we see people as a whole person now instead of as just the individual that's employed by us, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, when my kids come in in the middle of a conference call, that's always fun. But then people get to see me as a mom, as well as an employee. And I become a person, even to my clients, when they see my kids on the screen. It allows us to talk about our kids. It allows us to connect in a different way than we never have before. As long as we're all willing to take on that fact that we are whole human beings instead of just somebody that's helping me fill positions in my situation or somebody that's doing process improvement work in somebody else's, somebody else's situation. Mm-hmm. This allows us to see people as people, maybe relate to them a little bit better too.
1: I think that's, and I'm going to kind of put a little different spin on that. I identified myself, my identity was most closely aligned with what it is, what it was that I did for a long time. And I've just recently made that break and it's a healthy break. My identity is me, Sandy Cleveland, and I have all these little different pockets of who I am. First and foremost, I am Sandy Cleveland. I am a woman, then I'm a mom, then I'm a wife, then I'm an employee, and then I'm an employee of that organization. I think moving virtual and one of the benefits of seeing who I am through a virtual meeting. Of course, I don't have kids, but my grandkids at any moment could be running through here. Um, so I think that's healthy. And that's a good way to move forward as a, a society and as a culture. I think it's very
2: I, 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 I agree so much, Sandra. I mean, it's almost like um, we would define ourselves by our title. What's your title? And that's what we do. Mm -mm, No, I mean, now we're building relationships based on who we are, what we believe in, our values, which are so key to what we do on a daily basis. And that to me is important. We need to emphasize that in the virtual environment.
0: Yeah. Well, Sandy, Peter, we're coming up on time, but I just want to tell you again thank you for being a part of my personal network on my personal board of directors as well. I've always highly valued what you bring to the table. And today's conversation I thought was outstanding. Hopefully we can help a few people through this to navigate this new world of a virtual platform. So thanks again for joining us.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank, Thank you, Kristen, for inviting me too. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for Defining Leaders, where together is better. Become a part of our community where you can find out more about defining yourself as a leader. The link to join is in the show notes.